0: Is the Krusty
1: Crab? No, this is part. Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is part. Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Crab? No, this is part! Rock Lunch Box. I am not a Krusty crab.
0: Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? It is time for another Hard Rock Lunchbox. <laughs> in this new age, in this new world. Oh, I gotta turn this on. There we go. That, that little misstep, I'm not turning on my music. That will all become clear in a few minutes. So in this new world, this new day and age of uh, pandemics and uh, other, I feel like it is my due diligence to tell you that I am uh, quite sick. I have tested negative for COVID, uh, but I have every other flu symptom. So let's give it up for me. All right. If I had to go anywhere to do this show, I definitely would not be doing it today. I assure you. But because, but because you guys are you guys and I am the guys, Uh, the show must go on. But mainly it's because it's so easy for me to do. So if I don't talk a lot today, it's probably unlikely. If I don't talk a lot today, it's not you. It's it's also not me. (laughs) Uh, Man, how is everybody doing? Just checking in on the chat here. You definitely do not have to listen to this show carefully today. Today will be, I mean, I'll have a couple things to talk about, like right right now. But I think the rest of the show is going to be like commentary and uh, music mainly. I didn't even pull new music. I am so so tired. I, I woke up today thinking like I was so hopeful I was going to feel better today. I just I took like a lethal dose of NyQuil, uh, cold and flu, and I thought that was going to do it. And I did sleep, but man, I just I feel awful. It was funny like i was just double checking like to see the differences between covid and flu because there's actually some subtle differences and uh i don't know if this is one of those psychosomatic things but i looked it up but like runny nose is like a big one for flu and i was like that's so weird i don't have that but guess guess who has just walked into the building yeah it's a mr runny nose mr r Nose. his friends call him runny and uh yeah i call him i call him runny, which is kind of but uh yeah so everybody i don't I really don't know anything. It's so funny. Like everything I know about this uh, Johnny Depp trial, I learn here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and not even from me. So, thank you guys for being like pseudo court reporters. I don't know, but apparently, uh, apparently, quote, she is getting smashed on the stand by Camille. I'm gonna assume she is Amber. I don't know who Camille is, but it sounds like it should be Johnny Depp's lawyer. Uh, Otherwise. There's probably a problem or a breach in security in these But you know, what do I know? Most of my legal expertise is uh, is uh, resigned to stuff like old episodes of Night Court and of course the second half of Law and Order. Anything like I learned more law from Jack McCoy than like I think I ever could at like Turo College. Um, so yeah, let's do some housekeeping, shall we? All right, so top 20. Uh, ugh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's a new top 20 out. I, I guess i got to run the advertising on that. I don't think I've done that. Uh, new, new tip top 20. Two, there's a new top 20 out today. Uh, and it's the one where I talk about why we all know exactly one Supreme Court case, or at least exactly one Supreme Court case, and we all know the same one. I also talk about why the Supreme Court isn't your friend and wasn't designed to be so. Uh, and I did talk about like what I consider to be Obama's biggest mistake, and why protesting is pointless at this point, uh, on the Roe v. Wade issue at least. Um, I'm... That has not changed. No level of uh, sickness will alter that. If you're out protesting what Samuel Alito has to say about Roe v. Wade, you are wasting your afternoon. I would much rather see you in a voting registration office or cutting PSAs or something for for, for the cause that you believe in. Because uh, that, that is pointless. Supreme Court justices do not care what you have to say. And honestly, I don't even know that they care what their parties have to say because it seems like the trend over the years is that once they're kind of in, they just like lose party. That was actually what was really good about the Supreme Court. I mean, yeah, they're, they're narrow and conservative, not conservative like political party, just conservative in, in judgment and stuff, which makes sense if you follow the history of the Supreme Court. But they tend to not stick with the presidents that have um, have put them in. The difference is like the, the, the Trump appointees seem real. Real Trumpian. And I don't... I, I'm almost wondering at this point if Trumpian is... A, Trump is actually the problem. Like, I don't I don't think he is. Like, honestly, I think Trump was just representative of the symptom, if that makes sense. Like, I honestly don't know anymore if, if like, Trump ruined everything or just, like, galvanized uh, an ideology. And I'm starting to think that that, that might actually be it. But, uh, again, I'm a little loopy and I'm on, you know, some cold and flu stuff. So, if I don't make if I'm, if I'm making less sense than normal, there's really a reason. And that's kind of okay. But like, what have we really come to expect on this show? Uh, also in other, uh, strangerhood TV, uh, Chris Waterbury has a new snare drum collection video out, so be sure to check that out. There's a full interview with Mike Zimmer. He's the So What Festival guy, and I believe the boys are heading out to So So What Fest this weekend. So I wish them luck, and I hope to God they can get on their return flight, because that seems to be kind of a common thing these days that people can't do. I hope you guys have a really, uh, really good time. Uh, they have seven questions with Rachel Sterling. She's a comedian. And they also have seven questions with Dylan from Dino Skate Park. I assume about his new record and the new Dino Skate Park. Or the Dino Skate Park EP release show. Uh, the very one that Dylan insisted that he wanted us to play on with him. And then just, I never heard a single word about it. And also, it looks like the same shit's going down with Neon Skyline. I can still hear Joey's voice. Like, yeah, I definitely want you on this. like this would be awesome. And I'm, I didn't hear a goddamn thing, so... Just more more of that shit that I was complaining about like a week or two ago about people being like, Yeah man, totally we wanna do this and then when like push comes to shove it's like, Guess you don't wanna do this. Like don't bother wasting my time and jerking me off to like tell me these things. So like, don't, just don't. Stop stop doing this. Stop telling me how important me and my band are to you when clearly when push comes to shove and uh you know, in time for action, you just don't seem to give a shit. So stop wasting my time. You like you're all you're doing is proving like what a shit friend you actually are by just lying to my face and then not having the balls to actually come forward and say anything about it. Like I don't I don't like it and I, I, I lose respect for people real fast and that's super like that is the super slide way to do it so if you really want me to lose respect for you tell me how much you want me on a particular show then don't even bother to ask me about it and then don't say shit about it like in case I just forgot because you know what I don't forget that stuff I mean, I've never forgotten that stuff. and it's not about grudges it's about business and it's about relationships like if you're going to lie to me in business well then you can't be trusted in business like, yeah, that's some housekeeping. Probably wouldn't have said anything if I wasn't feeling all loopy, but I did. So, um, yeah, Riserly Diary Diaries live June 25th. Tickets are on sale. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about that during the uh, rest of the show because I have some questions I want to ask uh, the people in uh, Sound of My talking voice and see what they think about things because it's still kind of ongoing. We've set a price point and we are flooding it with extras um, in order to make that price point worth it uh, and I hope people appreciate that. It's it's weird because we're not playing in a bar so we're bringing stuff in and instead of like you know drink tickets and stuff like that i don't want to do that i just got i i much rather pay one price i think anybody that's ever been to like adventureland a great adventure can appreciate that kind of stuff and we're basically fast passing everybody because that's what we're doing so like nobody's getting the shit ticket like every ticket's a good one but i will tell you there's currently like we're only we're only selling 45 and it might actually end up being 40 because we might have to cover crew and i don't know I don't need to get into it now, but I will get into it during the show, because I do want some uh, uh, thoughts and opinions from anybody that would be listening, but that that would be cool. We can talk about that, but I'll need everybody's actual attention. And yes, tickets went on sale last night. Uh, Well, no. I published the event last night, uh, and I didn't announce it yet. Like I'm announcing it right now, and then I'll actually start announcing it uh, social media-wise later today or tomorrow, Uh, but I am letting people know. Uh, now. But again, I do want to talk to you guys about that, so I will do that in a little while. Um, other stuff that's going on in the world, uh, 89 North, uh, us, Craving Strange and Mickey Licks and Giovanna are going to be doing that. That's uh, July 8th. And then July 9th, we're at the Queens Rock Fest in Forest Hills Park. It's going to be us and Oren and Reality Suite and a couple other bands. Uh, if you, so if you like Oren, we're actually, I think we're playing immediately after them, so it's going to be going to be fun. I haven't played with those guys in a while, and I adore those guys. As you guys know, they're like one of our one of our BBFFs, which is band best friend forever. Right, BBFF. Yeah, Lauren. Right. So that's going to be a fun show, and I'm super looking forward to that. Anyway, uh, and that will be a big free show outside and stuff like that, and we will very likely not be playing anything from the Race Blade Diaries for that. But I will tell you, we are, we are working on a cool cover, and I'm excited about the cover for that, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. And I think I think that's it for housekeeping, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, sorry, just checking out the chat. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. I don't think it's going to sell out immediately. It's a high-priced ticket, uh, but like I said, like we're throwing a lot at it. So you got to kind of figure out like what you would spend it a night, because there is no way to spend extra money. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So we're kind of just trying to max it up. But again, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little feverish. Sorry. <laughs> Am I paling up? Like, uh, Yeah, definitely feverish. I'm starting to lose my voice. And I've got a runny nose. So thanks for looking up. <laughs> I feel like I just found my opening blurb. <laughs> Can't take my sense of humor. So, um, here's what I want to talk about today. And I want to talk briefly about it because honestly, uh, did anybody ever hear anybody say like they're at their wits end and stuff like that? Like, that's kind of where I'm at with this, uh, and kind of like gun stuff in this country. Like, I don't, I don't even know that I have an opinion on it anymore because I just don't, like I, I read a lot. I take into account a lot of, you know, opinions, and uh, I just, I know that so many people have an agenda when it comes to guns and gun safety, and I I, I feel like over, over the past I was going to say the past couple of years, but it's really like over the past several tragedies, really the shootings, and I do first of all, I love when people push back and say like, no, eight people getting killed isn't a mass shooting, it was just like an argument or whatever happened Like, dude, I don't. It's like you're not listening. Like, no, nobody cares. You know, like it's like I understand, right? Like, if people, what's that thing from the wire? Like, if people are in the game, like if you're in the game, like that's the game. Like, yeah, I get that. And if only people that were, you know, playing and dabbling in that were the ones that got killed, like I honestly don't know that anybody would care. And I always thought for years, like all the violence that would all the gun violence that's going on like in the Bronx or in Brooklyn and stuff like that like did i say Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Bronx and Brooklyn like like anytime there's like gang related like i feel like nobody i feel like nobody really cares right it's and it's not like they don't care but it's like it's okay if that makes sense like it feels like if you're playing this game like if you're if you're a gambler and you're out gambling and you win some and you lose some i feel like yeah that's okay right and then when it goes too far people get concerned they you know they leave and stuff like that. But, like, I feel like if you're dealing in guns and drugs and gangs, like, not that it's okay, but, like, that's the the game you chose, right? Like, I play guitar and I uh, code software, right? Like, the likelihood that I'm going to get carpal tunnel syndrome at some point or a few points during my life, super high, right? Like, just super high. I mean, not, like, chronic masturbator high, but, like, you know, guitar player high, (laughs) that kind of stuff right like that's kind of like an expected thing and i think that the thing that really concerns people like i know the thing has been bothering me the most about what like been going on in in the city and it's just like and it's my first thought and i kind of feel bad about this but like you can't any of these motherfuckers like learn to shoot like what does it actually take to learn how to shoot said from somebody that doesn't know how to shoot by the way but like Some of the like, there is some of the worst aim in the world going on in New York City, and I think that that's a huge problem. Like, if you don't know how to shoot, like, don't shoot in New York City, like, you're gonna hit a bystander. I think that's the problem. I mean, I think that 11 year old girl that just died in the city or the Bronx, uh, like, if that had been a 21 year old gangbanger, I think nobody would have cared. And I feel bad because. His mom would have lost a son, like, you know, his sister would have lost a brother, and I feel like that's tragic, uh, and that's sad and stuff like that, but I feel like if that's, you know, if that's the game you're in, like, that's the game you're in. Like, you know who wasn't out there, like, causing a problem? That 11 year old girl. And it was only because they don't know how to shoot. Um, so, like, I feel like that's a huge problem with, with guns just in general. And that's not even talking about, like, mass school shootings. Like, I, there's there's so much to think about, like the mass shootings. Um, I do want to point out a couple of things that I have noticed in my very very light level of following the story, because I like I said I don't I don't really have a stance anymore because like there's just there's no point. Like you, you're not you're never gonna get no guns. It's not gonna happen in the United States. Our Constitution basically ruled that out. And there's there's no way. Like when you go through it, you start reading like I mean. Not to say that starry decides it's going could be, like, uh, removed from, like, any of, you know, precedent on gun stuff. Because clearly they can do that for women uh, and women's rights. But the, the Second Amendment all but guarantees that you're... Like, it's worded that way. And, you know, the Founding Fathers weren't perfect. And I don't necessarily know that they would have gotten a different amendment in if they knew that you could get, like, an AR-15 and kill 30 people. I think be perfectly honest with you, I think the Southerners in the Constitutional Convention that were writing that stuff up would have been like, we don't care. In fact, awesome. We, we all need it. I mean, they had just fought the British. They were about to fight the British again. They were fighting uh, Native Americans all the time. Uh, and they needed, and they didn't have, like, you know, they barely had a standing army. They didn't really have you know like what do you like we've all seen westerns right like there were, like there was a marshal right and he was usually corrupt or sheriff or something like that like you needed guns back then there were raids there were criminals and stuff like that like you like if you told somebody in like 1873 Colorado that we're going to take your guns away they would have been like absolutely not and i would have been the first one to back them up because they would have been like attacked by you know people outlaws uh, like i said native americans like uh, other like other people like I mean just so I don't necessarily know like because people are like well you know the founding fathers never knew this I I don't think it would have mattered I don't think it would have mattered because the rationale is the same right like but as much as it was written to have a standing militia like it didn't say only (laughs) says the right to bear arms (laughs) like and that's so I don't think we're ever going to get rid of, of guns in this country and funny because one of the things that people point to a lot is uh, Switzerland and Switzerland um, Switzerland has like a really low gun rate considering most of the country has guns and people love to point at stuff like that statistics like that without pointing out like the rest of the statistics so in case you're going to hear that most of the weekend which is completely likely I've done a little research and this is all stuff, like, I think we probably all knew, but I just put it onto a single page. I can just read it to you. Oh, man. So here's the thing. Like, the, the, the deal with the Swiss is that um, there's, like, 8 million or maybe 9 million people in there, and there's, like, 2 million people own guns. But also, Swiss, the Swiss have mandatory military service, much like Israel, much like a lot of countries. And I think it's a good idea. Honestly, I've, I've, I've always thought it was a good idea to, you know, spend a couple of years serving your country, learn a lot about patriotism you learn a lot about diligence uh, and you learn a lot about work and you actually learn how to hold and fire a weapon which i think is super important i mean do i want a draft in our country like no i think we should be done with wars but like that's not going to happen in my lifetime either uh but because of that um of those two million people a very significant percentage of those people are police <laughs> People in the active military and people that are in retired military. Because in Switzerland, when you retire out of the military, you get the option to buy your gun. It's your gun. You know, we've all seen that this is, there are many guns like it, but this one is mine. Like, you get to buy your gun. And that's one of the reasons, because all men, all able-bodied men serve in Switzerland, and they all get the opportunity to buy their gun afterwards. Why wouldn't you? Like, why, like I would, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. As pacifist as I am, I would absolutely buy my gun that I just use for two right? So that is a lot of things about um, Switzerland that I think is important that gets left out. So we have people that are actively uh, working for the government, basically their own guns, people that have previously used it. And and most importantly, there are people that are trained on using their specific gun, right? So they have guns. That's, that's fine. But here's a couple other things that you may not know. Swiss authorities decide on a local level to give people gun permits. They also keep a log of everyone who owns a gun in their region known as a canton. Though hunting rifles and, uh, and some semi-automatic long arms are exempt from the permit requirement. But Cantonal police don't take their duty doling out gun licenses lightly. They might consult a psychiatrist or talk with authorities in other cantons where a prospective pers- per- gun buyer has lived before to vet the person that's super important i don't know if you know this but it was only a couple of years ago that new york new jersey and connecticut got together to share their database on likely bad people to own guns like domestic domestic abuse cases like you could you could beat your wife in new york and you could go to new jersey and go buy a gun and they couldn't tell that you were a a, a domestic abuser like to me like I don't understand why we don't have a federal database for that kind of stuff. Like, I was shocked that this was news. I was like, wow, why are they getting their own? Oh, because one doesn't exist nationally. Like, that's, to me, that's bananas. And then they go in further. Like, Swiss laws are designed to prevent anyone who's violent or incompetent from owning a gun. Yeah, man. Like, that should be rule number one. Violent and incompetent. You can't own a gun. Sucks to be you. You can't own a gun. I, I like that. People who have been convicted of a crime or have an alcohol or drug addiction aren't allowed to buy guns in Switzerland. Are you kidding me? They're making so much sense. I'm about to start appreciating the Swiss officer. The law also states that anyone who, quote, expresses a violent or dangerous attitude won't be permitted to own a gun. Oh, so if you post, like, a manifesto about, like, the Great Replacement Theory and you're going to kill a bunch of black people in Buffalo, we can come take your gun? Sounds like a good idea to me. Like, I... That... That... That seems completely reasonable to me. Gun owners who want to carry their weapon for, quote, defensive purposes also have to prove they can properly load, unload, and shoot their weapon and must pass a test to get a license. It's like a road test. I've been equating guns to cars for probably like 10, 15 years at this point, including insurance on those guns, by the way, which everyone always laughs at me. It's like I think I think we should have insurance on guns. When you buy a gun, you have to have insurance on it. Yeah, it's an extra cost, it sucks. But maybe it goes to like, I don't know, some super fund that like you know can pay off damages to these things. But more importantly than that, what is the first thing or sorry, what is the second thing you do after your car gets stolen? The first thing is you report it to the police. What is the very second thing? You Cancel your insurance on it. You know why? Because insurance is so goddamn expensive that you don't want to waste a moment paying insurance for something you no longer have. And if you have your gun that gets stolen or lost or you sell it, you cancel that insurance, then we need to know where that gun went. You know, I mean, like, I've watched enough NCIS to know that Abby Shudo can probably pull anything she wants from a bullet or a gun, but, like, wouldn't it be a little easier to kind of know where that gun is? Just saying. Also, Switzerland is one of the richest, healthiest, and by some measures happiest countries in the world, which of course drops gun violence. Uh, Switzerland, however, <laughs> however, and this is not something you're going to hear in any argument from the NRA. This was at the bottom of the article. I was actually surprised I found it. Switzerland still has one of the highest rates of gun violence in Europe, and most gun deaths in the country are suicides. Around the world, stronger gun laws have been linked to fewer gun deaths. That has even that has been that has even been the case in Switzerland too. We're never gonna get rid of guns, but I have no problem having super strict gun laws. But I will say, like, as I was just perusing, and I really wasn't engaging, it's not something I can, it's not something I can handle in my present physical condition, for starters. But like, as I was kind of perusing just to see like what people were thinking about, like the gun violence in Texas, like they just killed 21 people. I mean, obviously, everyone's blaming the the dude who apparently had no history of mental illness, although he did buy a gun for his, like, 18th birthday and some body armor and stuff like that. But I will say that everyone, not everyone, most everyone on the right is saying, like, well, if everybody had guns, then this wouldn't have happened. And I'm like, we're really doubling down on this. If everybody had guns, we'd be safer. Like, that's exactly what we're saying. Well, to that point, I would like to say that if everyone had guns and we'd truly be safer, President Trump is giving a speech for the NRA in Houston this week. And you know what the Secret Service just did? They banned everybody from having guns there. Guess it's going to be really unsafe for the Orange Giant, huh? See, when I complain about people on the right and their hypocrisy, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You can't tell me that everybody's going to be safer if everybody has guns. And then when your Fuhrer comes down to give a speech in Houston, nobody can have guns because that's not safe. That's direct hypocrisy. That is 100% hypocrite. Hypocritical. Jesus Christ. I'm just going to go to sleep on my microphone. show can go on without me. show must go on. They never said anything about the host. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to get some tea with some honey. And then we're going to talk more, like, way later. Like, not right now. Way later. Who wants some data about me? I do. I do. Hard rock
1: lunch box.
0: Yeah, definitely <clears throat> feels like I'm definitely very quickly losing my voice. <laughs> losing my voice here. I'm gonna try not to curse anybody out, but what kind of show would this be uh, in non related show news. Uh, my little pumpkin turns 16 today, just uh, actually, like, a, just like in three hours from now. Which is like bananas, honestly. Like I was trying to remember like a time like without her and I can remember that. But like I do not recall it being sixteen years. Like that to me is just absolute bananas. Like it's bananas that she's sixteen. Uh, I'll have some nice reporting uh, from her Sweet Sixteen party. I'll give you uh, some of the cooler stories that went down there, and uh, just a little bit. But like uh, somewhere along the way, in those sixteen years, uh, my little girl had a favorite song, and she used to make me play it, play the video all the time, like a mental patient. Probably should have noticed then what was coming my way, but oh well, I didn't. And uh, she, at the time, was a huge fan of Flyleaf, and who can blame her? Hard rock lunch box in Charlotte's defense when uh, when she was still going to school uh, we used to I used to drive her in the morning and this was a song we would play often this is also one of her favorite songs completely completely different vibe Hard. rock lunch box yeah that used to ramp her up for school for sure like how do you not get out of the car at 7:15 in the morning after hearing that just like oh this is good. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, lots of thoughts going on in the chat. If you want to be part of the conversation, 99WNRR. I'll try and hold on to my voice for another hour and a half. let <laughs> see what I can do. I'm going to play a little more music, uh, and then we'll talk all things uh, The Razorblade Diaries live. Uh, and if you're listening, I would definitely like some opinions on it. So definitely feel free to message me or hop in on the chat because I'm curious what you guys have to say. This, um, it's hard for me to pick a favorite Alkaline Trio song, but, like, today, it's this one. Hard. Box. I know, I know everyone was like God damn it, The show does not play enough Protesting Your Own I agree Fortunately, that's the care Alright, let's talk diaries I'm gonna Well, I've been on the chat 99WNRR, uh, we've got something to say <coughs> Excuse me Man, this is just getting bad Sorry Whew. Try not to gross anybody out With all my bodily fluids Thank you very much these are natural processes, people. It's not monkeypox. Is it monkeypox? By the way, the thing with monkeypox, I think it's so funny. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing until people on the right started screaming that we were making a big deal about it. I'm like, I'm so offended. Like, if I'm so lefty and Democrat and libtard, like, I didn't even know we were making a big deal about it until the right started saying we were making a big deal about it. So if you really want to, like, look into that kind of thing, that'd be cool. But, like, hey, we got to send I'm talking about the diaries. So now that uh, it's live, <laughs> get it it's live. We're doing a live show, live record. <laughs> so here, here are all the details, right? And feel free to ask me any questions you want in the chat um, or message me or whatever, and I'll answer them like right now, um, <clears throat> or I'll try to at least. So, so here's the deal. Um, the Razorblade Diaries came out in 2011. For me personally, it was a huge shift. In the way that I would uh, songwrite, in the way that I would produce records, uh, and just just in the way to sort of approach real songwriting, real album creation, marketing, branding, everything, right? It was a real shift. And uh, for those of you that don't know, at the time, G. Davey was like a relatively decent-sized band in our little pond here, right? Like, we could draw well. Most people knew who we were. Most people... who the name we were playing regionally all the time like we had a reputation like it was no small deal to change the name of the band it's like not like nobody knew who we were and we spent a year being like yeah formerly G-Davy like oh yeah you know so like it was a big it was a big change and a big switch and it's all tied to the release of the Razorblade Diaries right went in with a producer. He basically taught me how to produce a record. Uh, I went in to see Melissa Cross, uh, my vocal teacher at the time. Uh, she is responsible for most screamo bands. Uh, if you hear them, anybody that sings like super hard, she released the Zen of Screaming. Uh, like, she... I credit her with basically teaching me how to sing for that record. And even though I didn't do such a great job, the jump from She sells Smiles to the Razorblade Diaries is, is, is tremendous. I, I spent time working with my friend. Uh, Jack, uh, who's from the band Only Son That's Regina Spector's husband He did the uh, Melodyning, basically, on the vocals for the record So we talked about that uh, Like I said, it was the first record that I actually went in With a producer to do Had it produced, had it ripped apart Had very painful conversations and stuff like that But it was a big, big, giant switch uh, And a big change-up in the way things were done In G. Davyland, obviously Because it became Rebel 9 It would change everything that I would do as a songwriter And Rebel 9 would do as a band going forward also, and not to sound like a dick, it changed a lot of what was going on around here with other bands because it was such a palpable jump that everybody else that knew G Davy and you know had anything any vested interest in G Davy took note of. Uh, and started doing for themselves. Like a lot of bands around here, a lot of the city bands are like, Oh shit and they started making those changes themselves. Now it didn't change like the world or anything like that. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that at the time it was a big deal. It was a big record. It's been a while <laughs> since that record came out. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to do a 10 year anniversary of the record. And the reason that is, is because I've learned how to sing in 10 years. Do you know what I mean? I, I really have become comfortable with the way these songs sound and the why, the why of why they should sound this way. And even though I still have some issues with like, Some songs I still like the original version better, like that I have learned is part of the process, and that's how it goes. But once you you kind of become comfortable with those sort of things, you start making different choices, and you start performing in a different way. Plus, if you've noticed... I have an entirely different band now than when the Raised Diaries was released. They've all brought in their own aspects to these songs. And it's to the point now that when I go back and I listen, or I don't even really go back, when it spins up on my Spotify or just in general or somebody else is listening to it and I'll listen to something like San Jose and Another Mistake, I'll hear those vocals and I'll be like, oh my God, this is awful. This is absolutely terrible because there is no way I would release that record today. But at the time, it was the best record I could do. So when the 10-year was rolling around, or actually around 9, year 9, right before COVID, uh, I wanted to release um, the new record, and then I wanted to work towards making a live version of The Race Diaries. I had considered just re-recording it flat out. But I didn't think that was appropriate because what makes those songs great to me, and I think a lot of our fans would agree, is the way we perform them live because any, you know, Rebel 9 fan that's been around for a long time has known those songs the entire time, too. And to this day, there is still a wide, uh, desperate, desperate, disparate... you know, group of people's favorite songs There's still those camps that San Jose is the best song Another Mistake is the best song Or All i Become is the best song And then every now and then people hit me with like You know, Only One's the best song Or without the best song Or Lay My Head's the best song Like, dude, if you can pull off six songs on a single record Where every single one is somebody's favorite song Like, goddamn, you really have done it. done it Like, you've really hit Like, that gold star And I'm proud of that record for that reason However think it would be really quite something to try and capture what it actually sounds like live when we play it with you, right? With you in the audience, another mistake becomes something completely different. San Jose becomes something completely different. And so I decided that I think I wanted to do a live record. And we wanted to do it on the 10th anniversary of the record, which would have been June of 2021. Uh, the lockdowns were pretty substantial still, and people were not coming out to shows. And more importantly, I didn't even have a venue in which to do it. Revolution had closed. The rail had closed. I considered trying to do something with KJs, but like it's always iffy with KJs, and now obviously it's impossible with KJs. So I started talking with a couple of the local studios. Uh, there was a rehearsal studio I was considering. There was a kind of a uh, we were going to go into Huntington and do one, but it just wasn't quite right. And then we did. Uh, the stuff for the After Hours Review for Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Uh, we did that, and we went in. We met the people at the music mall in Levittown. And since the music mall used to be a, a, a club, used to be Hammerheads in, in Levittown, it was set up absolutely perfect and was exactly what I wanted for for this. Uh, it's all set up for recording. It's all set up for video shooting. It's all set up for like a small number of people. It's, in my opinion, perfect for to, to do this record. So we booked it, and it's really that simple, and we've been kind of backing into those numbers ever since trying to come up with, like, price points and stuff. Because it's not a bar and people do still want to drink, we are going to be trucking in, like, food. We're going to get those, like, rollers from, like, Costco and stuff like that if you've never seen those. We're getting a few few of the snack boxes, you know, the things that... People buy for their kids for school for like an entire semester. Like we're gonna have that. Uh, we're gonna have a fuck ton, or excuse me, a metric fuck ton of water. Uh, we're gonna get sodas. Uh, we were gonna do like actual liquor, but they asked us to not do that. Kind of anything that we have to pour, they kind of don't want us to do. They want like cans and stuff. So we're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do like beer. We're gonna do soda. We're gonna do water. We're gonna do like hard seltzers. Like whether we'll they do like White Claw, or we'll do like the Seagrams. Whatever I can get my hands on. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, and then soda, if I didn't say that. And also, if I can find some canned wines, I might get that too. Uh, Donna, in answer to your question earlier, like, I'm not opposed to getting Guinness. In fact, I like Guinness. I don't usually drink it in the summer. But if I remember, I can certainly throw a six-pack in there. Because basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to you know, give Noodle probably a couple hundred dollars. And I'm going to be like, all right, go to the liquor store. And I'll go to the beer distributor and come back. You know, and don't get all Bud Light like, because he drinks all the- So, um, the whole point of this is, is to basically give you like one of those pay one price kind of situations, right? Like we want to cover your expenses. So if you think about what you normally spend when you go to a bar to see a band, like this is going to be below that. And the, 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 the the mindset is we're looking to basically split the evening with our patrons, right? Instead of us doing like a Patreon account or a GoFundMe, it's, we're just tr- flat out charging for the tickets. Like, it, honestly, we, we're going to be spending a lot more money on it because we've got to get it mixed. Uh, I've been talking to Jake. Um, Jake's company, uh, Fallout House uh, Productions, is going to be shooting video for the whole night because uh, we're going to be putting together at least one live video, probably another mistake. Uh, but we're also building uh, enough material for a documentary. Um, like kind of like a behind the scenes. That's another one of the reasons. Like it's super important for us to have like our real fans there. Like I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't know that I would turn anybody away and be like, you're not a real enough fan. But like I'm hoping that with 45 tickets, like it's going to limit it to people that really want to come. But like between you and me, like the money of this, like this is what it costs to go out. Like it's way less. Like. Like this is this is not even what Kaz would spend at, at the bar to you know to see a band and he, you know he's with us you know so like he's he's in the band like that's nothing like it's it's you know it's a few drinks and a ticket is basically what that is but we're gonna give you like I said like snacks and food and water and all that other stuff and you know no tips no nothing like it's just like I said it's pay one price um, and also. Aside from the fact that we're recording the live record there, if I didn't mention that already, we're going to be recording all that, we're recording all the live video, I'm actually throwing in the free extra bonus of Sam Pollitt is going to be opening for us, he's going to be warming up the audience, I figured of, uh, you know, of the group of people, like, that'll be coming to see us, like, they all, I think, I think everybody loves Sam, right, like, so I think that this is just such an awesome, like, little freebie, (laughs) right, like, like I, th- I think it's going to be awesome, and I hope everybody appreciates that as much as I think you would do. Um, so yeah, Sam's going to come, and she's going to like you know, warm everybody up. Uh, also, one other thing to know is that we're basically playing our set twice. Um, I have never seen a band do that before in a live situation, and I have absolutely no idea how that's come- going to come across. My plan is to play it once kind of safe and in album order. And then the second time through to play it like we would be playing a live show with all the extras and bonuses and bullshit nonsense that goes in between it. Like having the audience sing with us and stuff like that. Like, I think that part's going to be fun. And I think actually from a viewer perspective, it might be a lot of fun to just to be a part of that. Like... I don't know for sure, because I've never been part of anything like that before, but I think that might be fun. And we're doing it twice, so we have different options for the record, because the live record's definitely happening, right? And then the live video for probably another mistake is definitely happening. And the documentary, if we get something that's worth putting out, and it's super interesting, and that's, you know, talking to us, talking to the fans and stuff like that, like, I think that's going to be super interesting for any Rebel 9 fan as well, and like... You know, I don't want to be, like, all dramatic and, like, all, all that other stuff. But, like, you know, at some point, like, there's going to be a cap on this band. Like, I'm gonna the career of, of this thing will end. It'll be nice to, like, document it, I think. Like, I mean, unless we have a huge hit record in the next year, which I'm not ruling out. Like, I don't know that we're going to be on the Steel Wheels tour of Revel 9. It's possible, but, like, you know. So it's not that it's kind of now or never, but it's kind of like now is the time. Like, honestly, like, two years ago would have been the time, but it didn't work out. So now now really is the time and when I say stuff like this is like a one time only thing like I mean it like I'm not I'm not looking to do this again like ever I don't see any reason to do it I'm not I can't imagine doing something like this for 10 years of of uh, you know the reality crush or, or do no harm I mean I might do a show if I'm still playing but like it's not going to be like this. There's there's no other record that I've ever done that stands for something like the Razorblade Diaries did nor has ever had a record that has evolved as much as this. Like and the other ones they're not going to. Like like the really the reality of it was the Razorblade Diaries was as good of a record as I could put out at the time as as was possible. And I could put out a much better version of it today. So I'm kind of going to like and that's kind of what that is. So uh, let me just just check real quickly to see if there's any actual commentary. Ooh, Dunkaroos. I'm not. I'm not opposed. Uh, it's not DJ bragging time. That's not. That's not what this is about. Uh, how do we get cue there? He's got to go over a bridge. There will not be tacos. We considered getting like food, food, like catering food, but it seems like the like even like pizza and stuff. It seemed like it was going to be too problematic, and they seem to think that that wasn't the way to go. So this is currently what we're doing. Uh, but I'm not opposed to it. Like, if the entire group is like, damn it, I want all Dunkaroos or nothing, like, we can definitely do that. Um, all right, tacos. Uh, time flies. That is so true, Taco Taco. Um, yeah, this is not the far end of Long Island. This is actually the near end. It's all Nassau County. Yes, you can wear your handsome as a cult shirt. Um, let's see, uh, hello friends, welcome, uh, I know it's DJ, it's not DJ breaking time. noon to two, the humble brag, oh, I was trying to explain something, yep, it's non depth Tom's time, that's also true, um, bruise, maybe a lunchbox, oh yeah, we should give away lunchboxes, a little sandwich, a little thermos, that'd be funny, I could see that. Uh, Guinness Alright well So I'll try and pick up Some of those Guinnesses Guinness Eye Noodle will not come back With anything from this show Now the worry was That Noodle would come back With like one IPA And $300 worth of uh, Bud Light Which is still not uh, Like shooter bottles of liquor Like the airlines you know, I could probably grab some of those um, I don't know how many I could grab But I can certainly try The prices at the bar will be happy That's absolutely correct uh, dunk Tank. Yes, Sam. Right, so good. I'm glad people are like, cool for Sam. Signally uh, joking the second time around. Yes, that is actually something we're going to count on. Talking to the fans. Yeah, I, I ignore the fans a lot less live than I do on this show. It's funny how that works. Actual commentary, right? Pizza is not the way to go. Fire the... <laughs> to keep up, so I'm reading every single comment. This is what it sounds like, yeah, Guinness. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Guinness could be a thing. I'll I can at least get some of them for sure. Um, I actually might start polling people. Like, I don't know that I can take like specific orders, but I think like once the tickets like start moving, like I'll know who's going to be there, and I might even be able to be because like we won't get the beer and stuff like until the week before. Like, I could just be like, all right, how many Guinnesses can you drink? Yeah, I don't, I don't need Donna being like, I can drink 64 Guinnesses because that's going to be in its own show. And like, I think we'll all stop and watch that. So. <laughs> but I do want to keep in mind, like, there's not going to be like any tipping or anything like that. So like the price of the ticket is like the price of the ticket, like plus... Like I said like, and honestly, like those snack packs, like I could go. For, like, how many, how many times you've been sitting in a bar, like as it gets later and later, and like, man, I could definitely go for some like some chip or some Cheetos. Like, I think that that's going to be like awesome. Like, I think honestly, the snack pack is like a hundred percent my idea. And if nobody wants that, then we won't get it, and I'll just eat them by myself. But like, also, it's going to be a reasonably early night, and there's a like a diner and a laser tag like right around the corner. So I don't know. I'm not saying you have to go play laser tag, but. maybe. I think it's going to be a good night. And if anybody has any feedback or commentary or advice for me, like, again, I've never seen anybody do this. It's it's, it's definitely not that nobody's done it. I've just never been a part of it. So if anybody's got any ideas, like, I'm, I'm all open. Like, I, I'm trying to cover as much. I'm trying to cover as much as possible of the costs. And I'm trying to, like, not you know take advantage of our fans cuz i've never liked doing that i never want to do that it's not something i'm i've ever been cool with i don't like all the indie go-gos i remember bands that used to like get money so they could go on tour like that doesn't do anything for the that that like that doesn't give anything to the fans i want to give the fans as much as possible and i want to make sure that they feel like this is worthwhile um, you know bands don't, uh, fans donate to us all the time and you guys can still do that if you want like the, that's not this i don't want this to be a donation i want this to feel like it's worth it so if you have any feedback or any other ideas, like definitely message me uh, and I'll run it up the flagpole, which is basically just me because the band doesn't give me a lot of feedback on a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah, we could go we could go banana, no snack pack, but the thing you're definitely getting, whether you're like it or not, is music from Sam Pollitt, because that's just the way we're gonna do it. Kind of like now.
1: Your block again last night Wondering what would happen If I shut off my headlights Would I travel back in time Through the dark And we'd pick up where we left off
0: July 9th, roughly 5pm in the afternoon. We will be taking the stage at the Forest Hills Bandshell in Forest Hills, Queens for a big free show called Queens Rock Fest. If you get there a little bit early you're going to catch our buds in Aaron.
1: Not once, not never. Nope. Whose chair is that? Who bought that goddamn chair? That's not my chair. Not my... Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Not my problem. That's what I say. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box.
0: Yeah, man. Just talking about joining cults and stuff like that. Like, definitely the Riz Diaries Live. Way cheaper than joining a cult. And, like... I don't think you have to do anything. You don't have to sell off, like, your parents' stuff. Like, you know, you, know, you don't have to all sleep with each other. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have... You, you can't. I mean, you, you can if you want. I'm just saying you don't have to. I think all you really have to do is show up and, like, you know, give us some money. But, like, you get a ticket for that. Like, there's at least a receipt. <laughs> but, yeah, as cults go, like, I think I might... You know, the Jared Leto one seems like the... It's way better than the, the, the Charles Manson one. And the Waco thing, like that didn't work out. What I can assure you, here's what here's what I can assure you. <laughs> like the Razorblade Diaries is definitely gonna end better than that whole Waco thing. I I'll put I'll go out right now and say that. Uh, but I'm also about to say that I love this song. Uh, it's Teenage Bottle Rocket, but the song's called They Call Me Steve. And I you know, I wish over the years that I've written a lot of songs, but man, they call me Steve. Like, how did I let that one slip away? Hard.
1: Rock. Lunch. Box.
0: Now, I do want to share a little bit uh, of this. And I don't, like, as much as I talk about, like, my private life, I feel like my private life that I talk about is a much more public-private life. Like, I feel like I have different layers of private life. I don't talk a lot about my family because i want them to have their own life like they can have their own goddamn talk shows you know what i mean like they're they're more than welcome to do that but i i want to i want to say this part because i think it's important i know people listen to me uh that have kids and i try and give like really good parental advice um, because i have it you know it's not like i it's not like i just like came into this world with it like i learned a lot along the way and um so what I want to say is, uh, like I said, I'm Charlotte Sweet 16, and I I feel so fortunate on her behalf that she has so many good friends in her world. Like, she's got really, really good, like, the caliber of friends that she has is just stunning. Like, you know, like one of her BFFs, Annika, like, she flew in from Buffalo for this party. And her, you know, one of her other BFFs, Rose, basically bullied Charlotte into it. Rose's birthday was on Tuesday, and Charlotte's birthday is on today. And they grew up together on the soccer field. The brothers played on the same team. I think they met each other sitting in infant carriers on the field at Birchwood Elementary School. Like that's you know, they've been they've been friends for like, they've been friends forever. And Rose is awesome. And Rose is an awesome person in Charlotte's life. And Rose is also somebody who'll be like, "Stop being such a dick. Come on, just do this." And Charlotte, to her credit will when put that way, we'll do it. (laughs) And I feel like it's very similar to the relationships that I have with like Mike and Jimmy. Like Jimmy will absolutely be like, stop being your dick and just do this (laughs) and then I'll end up doing it. And the point I wanna I wanna say, like, is that I see I am so happy that she went and did this and had this joint party with with Rose. Uh, but it was an interesting look into where her adult anxiety is kind of heading. And as a parent, like I love all my kids evenly. Um, I love them all equally. Uh, And there are different times and different phases in their life where like I will recognize stuff that they're going through that is like way too familiar and I don't know for the parents that listen to me I don't know if that's super common like when you just see shit it's like I did that I caused that (laughs) like I do that a lot Uh, I've done it a lot uh, with the boys but I've been doing it a lot lately with Charlotte I see a lot of her anxiety and I understand all of it and I think it puts me in a very unique position to help her uh, certainly like what I've said for years about like my songwriting and a lot of what's important about what I share is so that other people know that they're not alone, right? This is not something that they're tackling themselves. And I think it's important for Charlotte to see that. Like I understand 110% all of our anxiety. And I will say the funniest thing that she did over the past two weeks, I mean, really funny. She was really stressing out uh, the party itself because she didn't want to do a couple of things like Rose was going to have like, a couple of things that were like party based like she was going to do like 16 speeches or whatever like Charlotte is the most introverted person I know and I know a lot of introverts she makes me look like Jim Carrey like as like extrovert like she is so so I get it and to Rose's credit Rose was like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do like just don't worry about it but Charlotte was starting to worry about like what Rose's friends were going to say like first of all who gives a shit second of all nobody was going to say anything and nobody said anything but there was this one moment she was sitting on the love seat, and I was sitting on the couch behind her, and she kinda, she's looking at me. She's talking about some of the things she's concerned about, and she says, and I shit you not, she sh- she says, you know, I think my friends are only coming because I've asked them to, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's what an invitation is. <laughs> I'm like, and then one day, they're going to ask you to go to stuff, and you're going to go to it, because that's also what an invitation is. <laughs> But it was so funny. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched anybody's light bulb turn on over their head, but like she instantly got it. She didn't like the fact that she had to have it put that way for her. But she didn't she didn't like it. Um, but she got it. She got through it. She did great. She was actually she did give a little speech before she blew out her, her candles and stuff, and she was like, I just want to thank my friends and family for still being my friends and family. <laughs> Which I thought was good. But I want to say this one last thing, and I'll get back to music. So I was worried about her, so I had sent her a text last week. And this is exactly, and I can prove it, (laughs) if you think I'm making this up. So I just say to her, I said, "Um, I know you're anxious. I'm reading this right from the text. I know you're anxious about the party stuff. Please try and enjoy the stuff you do actually like about the time with your friends, etc., you'll regret not enjoying that part and I don't want to see you waste that. That's what I said. I, I channeled all my father and all my love for her as my, as my daughter and as my kid and as my baby. She's my last one. And I said that to her and I said it from the heart. And then a minute later she responds simply with gay. As a parent... I have never deserved a response more than that. Happy birthday, Pumpkin. (laughs)
1: You, my darling, are quite stellar. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box.
0: governor abbott said the shooter had a quote mental health issue but a month ago he slashed funding that would have hurt
1: good job Abbott.
0: i don't think texas is ever going to flip to blue maybe it's possible there's a lot of people in austin houston and and a growing movement in dallas that are really tired of his shit um that would be that would be something and yeah while such programs require more funding they wouldn't eliminate the need for gun control experts still also, keep an eye on this story. There's a lot coming out of Texas right now about how police waited like an hour to go into the school. I don't know anything about it. I'm just telling you what I just read. But this says absolutely nothing to Craving Strange. And, of course, Craving Strange, it's time for your weekly Craving Strange of the Week. Wait, your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. I almost got my own show wrong. Couldn't be the first time. Uh, As I've been saying repeatedly, you can catch Craving Strange with us uh, at uh, 89 North at July 8th, I'm going to go with. I think that's July 8th. July, Friday, July 8th. Uh, Giovanna's going to be there. Michael X is going to be there. It's uh, Craving Strange going to be headlining that show. The Big Bad Boys of Funk.
1: <laughs> Big Bad Boys of Funk. Big Bad Boys of Funk. That's
0: no, the Renegades of Funk, right? Isn't that Rage? Rage covered that. Big Bad Boys of Funk. That's going to be stuck in my head all day. Ah, I remember it. But oh. well, it it's time for your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. Be sure to check them out live. And don't forget to stop by Strangerhood TV to see all things Strangerhood, uh in the Strangerhood, including Chris Waterbury's new uh, drum snare thingy. Uh, check that out. Uh, Waterbury always doing quality material up there on Strangerhood TV. Uh, but he is definitely known for the quality material he does behind the kit on songs like this. It's your weekly Craving of the Week. And I think I've said it all, so let's say it all so we can have said it all. Oh and I'll show
1: myself you oh. wanna love but you have to hide you want
0: was gonna die during this show and then I could have gotten back to my life faster well I didn't jokes on you good people however it is time to get out of here please uh, stay safe and enjoy your weekend avoid the covid and the flu and the, the cocoa and all that other stuff and everything else as best you can it's out there waiting to get you it's gonna it's gonna come get you <laughs> so be careful of that. I'm going to heal up this weekend and uh, get back to rehearsals next week because, I don't know if you know this, i got a big show next week. Next, Not next week. Next month. But I do have a Hard Rock Lunchbox next week, and I will be all better for that. I possibly mainly promise. All right? So have yourselves a good weekend. Enjoy your Memorial Day. Have a good barbecue for me. And in the meantime, please, please keep yourself alive because who else am I going to use these segues on? See you next week. Hard Rock
1: lunch. Box.